Hi and welcome to another episode of Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we're picking up on a topic where we did a few shows last year um, around this and, and shows that, that caught a lot of interest, drove quite a lot of conversation, um, and that's around networking. Um, as you know, as the world has changed, as, as we've often said over, over the last 12 months, uh, the importance of our networks and managing our networks and securing our networks and knowing how our networks operate is becoming increasingly important. Um, and so it's something that I wanted to kind of pick up on this week. And this week's guest, actually, I, I became made um, aware of via a fascinating uh, kind of network insights report that his company produce um, on an annual basis. Um, so we're, we're going to put a link to the show notes in that so you can go and grab yourself a copy of it because it's a it's a fascinating insight into the way that many of us think about networking and maybe even some of the misconceptions that we have around the way that our enterprise networks run. So um, so anyway, to, to help discuss that topic, I'm joined by this week's guest, uh, Steve Petrushek. Steve, how are you doing? Nice to have you on the show. Great, yeah. Thanks for having me. Definitely uh, happy to be here, Paul. Yeah, well, it's um, it's always uh, always nice to see a guest. Um, so um, uh, you know, and I, and I think you guys have put together a, a really interesting report, you know, and 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 generate some really interesting enterprise insights into the into the world of networking. And we'll we'll kind of delve into that um, shortly. But before we do that, um, as as we always ask, why don't you give yourself a little bit of an introduction? So uh, who you are, a little bit about your background as well, Steve. For sure, yeah. So um, my name is Steve Petrushek. I am a technology advocate here at Avic. I've been working with our uh, partners and clients for about five years, uh, helping them solve network management challenges. Uh, prior to that, I was a little bit more in the network security space. So I've been in and out of, of this environment, um, seeing a lot of uh, different networks, different challenges, and really you know, helping those customers solve, <clears throat> solve those problems. So that's a that, that's a great background to a kind of what we're going to talk about today. So, um, well, before we jump into the network report, um, why don't you set a little bit of context around what this network report looks to discover? Um, you know, and the, the the kind of questions that you go out and ask, and the kind of people you talk to, and maybe even what the driver is behind uh, behind producing it. For sure. So we first did uh, this network field report back in 2015, and, and then we basically went out uh, to the field to ask IT administrators about uh, their challenges at work, sort of what their typical work weeks, work weeks looked like, um, the types of things that they enjoyed doing, didn't enjoy doing. And we decided to revisit that topic again this year uh, to see how much has changed, uh, where things have improved, where things maybe have uh, fallen behind. Uh, and try to understand if we are getting better at networking overall uh, as an industry. I mean, on an individual basis, we can all, pro all probably reflect and say, you know, I know a little bit more than I did a few years ago. Uh, but with the world sort of constantly changing around us, we thought it'd be interesting to go in and see, uh, you know, is our confidence in the network improving? Is our ability to deliver a positive end user experience using the network improving? And so we um, use the report to shine some light on some of those items. So, so interestingly, you know, what, what what was the driver behind this? So, so why why is this something that you find useful to be able to do? You know, is it is it that you feel that um, maybe this kind of stuff doesn't get enough coverage, or that um, there are misconceptions around how people see their networking? You know, what what was the what was the why behind doing it? Yeah, so, really, it was about um, understanding a little bit more about. Uh, the network professional and the IT generalist to see how they sort of work together, how that sort of network education is improving. We hear a lot about security in the mainstream. Um, and I always sort of say, you know, the security starts with visibility and knowledge about what you're looking to protect and looking to secure. Uh, so we went back to say, do we have that knowledge? Do we have that confidence in the 
performance of our, our networks, which is you know sort of one step before we get to the security discussion. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge point. And it's something we'll, we'll touch on as we talk about the report, I think, is that idea of visibility and knowledge, you know, and, and I think we're increasingly seeing that. And, you know, and, and I don't know about you, whether whether you've seen this over kind of the, the last 12 months as we, uh, as a COVID area continues, a COVID era continues, is that, you know, I think that it, it's getting increasingly important as our as our networks and our infrastructures and our workforce become ever more distributed, that the idea of insight and information into the way that our entire IT infrastructure operates is is hugely crucial. I mean, is that is that something you're seeing reflected as well? One of the, I would say, more interesting points that, that we sort of uncovered in the article was how um, the types of tasks that network professionals are doing has changed primarily, I, I suspect, due to the, the pandemic and the COVID era here. Uh, maybe we'll dive into that in a little bit, but, it, but it's interesting to see uh, the activities that we were doing three to four years ago are probably not the same things that we've been doing uh, through 2020 to enable our, our end users. You know, our, our world has changed and as has um, the role of the, the network professional. So, so well, before we jump into the report, actually, it's one thing, um, you know, I thought maybe I'd ask was that the, the idea around, I mean, what, what's your view of how the network has changed in terms of uh, the way an enterprise looks to use its networks, its importance to the way that we operate? You know, what, what, what are some of the major shifts that you've seen? Yeah, so... I've always likened the network to uh, a, a utility, right? You know, we have our electrical running to the house, our, our gas lines running to the house, whatever those are. The network has just, you know, over time become this utility that that people just expect to work, right? I, um, I, it's always there, it's always on, it's always providing services, I, and I think that's really, uh, really come to the forefront this year. Uh, and now we have this this underlying utility that is the network that has a whole bunch of applications built on top of it. And what we as IT professionals need to do is start to look at the network as that conduit for users experience, right? It doesn't matter where the user is, what application they're using or connecting to, you know, it could be a SaaS application or uh, on-prem application, Um, but the network is that glue that ultimately uh, holds all those systems together. And for the... for the network professional, our job is to just make sure that this utility is in a good state to support that end user experience. So we always want to make sure that we are, um, you know, monitoring the uptime, the availability, the performance, because our our customers, our end users, are relying on this network utility, and we'll continue to see that more and more. You know, some parts of that we own, right? We we own the networks within our control. We don't necessarily own the home office networks, uh, but we're also diving into troubleshooting and, and helping our our end users manage those home networks as well as we've sort of been forced into this um, remote work world. Uh, but it, it sort of all centers around this idea of the network being this utility that's always up, always available, and providing that service. And our job is to basically make sure that that, that always stays that way. You raise an interesting point there, actually, about the things like the home network and, and how we're supporting users in that space. I mean, have you seen, I think particularly over the last 12 months, but have, have you seen that the very idea of what an enterprise network is has changed as well? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, We've long said, you know, especially in the security space, that there, there is no perimeter to the network anymore, right? Like there is no hard perimeter. There's no, um, you know, moat around your network. We, we have a lot of connections coming in, a lot of people coming in from different areas. And this has only been accelerated this year. Uh, you know, I, I think we have yet to see what the new normal is and what the sort of the, the end state of, of things will be. But definitely some of the changes that we've experienced are, are not going back to, to the old traditional way of doing things. So, 
yeah, I mean, the, the, the network perimeter, the idea of what uh, we as IT professionals are expected to be able to support and resolve for our clients uh, for, and for our end users has definitely changed. So yeah, for sure, there's uh, a, a lot of changes that have occurred this year. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's something I want to come back to because I, I think the idea of because of those changes and, and there's something you talked about there that, that we we don't necessarily understand what new normality is going to look like, you know, what what the future enterprise is going to look like. You know, I've, there's bits of me that thinks actually the normality for much of society will be kind of what it was pre-COVID. But I think there's a whole bunch of things that will change, particularly in the enterprise, I think, in, in the way we work. So so I'd be interested to kind of come back on that and, and get get some some views of maybe how you see, not only how you see that changing, but the kind of things that organizations, enterprises will maybe want to consider adopting to make sure that they can have networks that support these kind of maybe some new working paradigms. Um, but I, I want to kind of jump into some of the things on the report because it, it is a fascinating read. You know, there's some really interesting uh, takeaways, I think, that come from it. Um, and, and one of the things that struck me initially was this idea of you talk about network knowledge um yep. and we've kind of touched on that a little bit in the introduction but did you want to kind of uh, dive a little bit into that and what you mean by network knowledge and, and what you found out yes so what we're basically talking about uh with network knowledge is uh, sort of an intimacy with the uh, assets in the network that you're being expected to manage and monitor um i think we all have this idea that um, we know what we're expected to to manage. We know we're uh, expected to protect, but there's always a little bit of blind spots uh, in, in that. And, and what we basically mean by that are, are you know, things that um, we sort of know are there. They are small risks. There's probably an easy fix to a lot of these blind spots. You know, the old shoulder check, just look over your shoulder in the car to sort of see your blind spot. Um, and what we've, uh, what we've basically noticed is that uh, there is a sort of gap in our knowledge of the network compared to our confidence in the network. Uh, so when we went through the report, uh, we talked to a number of, uh, of IT professionals and about 86% of those professionals said that they had a high or very high confidence in their network. Uh, and what that basically means is they were confident uh, that they knew what was out there, they knew how it was performing, they knew how to resolve issues, but they were confident in their network. And that was represented a significant change over 2015. So uh, back in 2015, about 71% of the participants said that we were confident in the network. So that went up about 15 points, which is great. Uh, one of the challenges comes in though, is that out of this list of uh, participants, about a third said that they lack information about how their network is configured. So we now have this gap between, you know, 86% of people saying I'm very highly confident, yet a third are saying I don't know how it's connected and configured. So that's where we sort of have this um, misplaced confidence, right? We are confident, but we don't have any data to back up our confidence. I think that's a fantastic point. It certainly made me laugh. Uh, yeah. The idea that um, our confidence is based on our ignorance. Um, and uh, many of us might think that's very true in life, um, let alone in terms of networking. Um, sure. You know, and, and that's, um, and I think it's something that we'll, we'll, we will come back to because it's something that's a bit of a thread that I think runs through the report in terms of, um, you know, people almost a misplaced confidence and, and maybe that's something we'll explore a little bit later on as, as and look at maybe some of the, the concerns and impacts of of misplaced confidence so um yeah but, but I think that's interesting and we see that across a lot of um in my day job you know I think I see that in a lot of technology that there is a often a lack of understanding of kind of current infrastructure um and, and whether that provides misplaced confidence um it certainly has impacts on things like delivering projects you know we, we're looking to get from a to b and actually we don't really know where a is so although we might know where b is we've got no idea where we're starting from and and i think right. as we talked about earlier on this this kind of 
changing infrastructure world that we now live in, uh, this lack of knowledge and understanding, you, you can only see is going to have um, large implications. I mean, is, is that how you see it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, we if we put ourselves in the spot where we uh, don't have information, don't have context, but you know, our starting point. You're absolutely right that we sort of don't know how to evolve you know, our, our network, our understanding, we don't know how to move the projects to the next step. We, we basically need to uh, to do a better job at understanding the current state of things to help continue to move things forward. So I'm not suggesting we should all be less confident in our networks, right? It's great that, that we are confident, but let's just make sure that we have, you know, the data, the resources and everything to back up that confidence so that, um, you know, when, when something does happen, we don't end up, you know, pie in the face, um, surprised by things. Yeah, I think I think do you know what if people just watch this portion of the show, just listen to this portion of the show, that first piece around making sure your confidence, like you said, not not that you shouldn't be confident in your network. You know, if your network's pre- pre- performed excellently for the last five years, there's no reason to suddenly lack confidence in it. But you know, that ability to back that confidence up with some data that says this is the reason you should be confident. I, th- I think you know, I think it's a wonderful tip. And as I said, if people stopped listening and watching now and just took that bit away from it, um, you know, that this whole episode is probably worthwhile just just for that. For sure, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's let's nip in something else because I think these probably feed each other. Because um, one of the other things that that um, jumped out for me was. The, the issues around network configuration, you know, and particularly change, you know, and, and change management. And I think this is something that we we see, um, you know, certainly I see a lot um, across the enterprises I work with that often change management can be a real burden. Um, but without change management, that can be in a whole different burden as well, you know. And and so, so what, what were the kind of things that you discovered with that as you, as you kind of talked around network change? Yeah, so, so I think one of the first things that we discovered is that uh, networks are changing more frequently than in the past. And this doesn't mean, you know, big forklift overhauls, but requests like access requests, security rules changing, um, you know, different topology changes. Networks are changing on an on a increasing frequency. In fact, about one third of networks uh, are changing on a daily or weekly basis. Right. So that's, uh, you know, fairly regular changes, which, again, is a good thing. There's probably a reason for this change. And we're not suggesting that we want to change how frequently we're making changes. Um, But when we dove into the data, what we actually found was that a majority of companies, over 56 percent of them, only backed up those network configurations monthly or less. So monthly, quarterly, annually or possibly even never. So what we have now is this rate of change in the network increasing, yet we're not more frequently backing up those configurations. And so we end up with this, this gap between um, what our uh, sort of backup is and what the current state of the environment is. And with that gap, there's some risk in, introduced there, right? If something was to happen to the network and we needed to revert to our backup, it's now out of date. Um, you know, I can, you know, see the number of times we've probably said, uh, are, you know, are you sure our backup is up to date? Is that a very manual process to go check that it's up to date? Is it a manual process to back it up? Anytime we introduce those sort of manual processes, that's when we introduce some of this this risk because um, it's easy to forget. Um, it's also easy to define a policy that's a little bit more lax than what, what the changes are. Um, so this gap between um, how often we're making changes and how often we're backing up network device configs was one of those big things we identified. And, and do you think that um, do you think the idea actually of backing up network configurations is 
Is that something that people have traditionally thought about? And obviously, some changes in the way that we deliver networks, you know, much more movement around software defined and automation, which is maybe driving some of that thinking. Mm-hmm. But, but do you think there is a problem in that people have never really considered network backup? And, and maybe as a, as a supplement to that as well, not only network backup, but also the idea of kind of baselining the way that network runs so that they understand the configuration at any given time. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, your comments about you know, moving to more um, software-defined networking, uh, maybe making configuration changes within, you know, uh, SaaS platforms or, or other systems. Um, you know, I've, I've seen uh, some IT professionals that, ha- again, have a misplaced confidence in some of these systems where, you know, they expect, hey, because I'm using this application to make a change, um, it is backing it up automatically for me. And maybe there's a gap in knowledge on what's actually happening there. Um, you, you know, the... the the gap between uh, understanding what the current state of things is and the, you know, that sort of baseline and making changes over time, um, you know, it's good to sort of track those changes to understand what's changed over time to make sure that we're following the proper change control process, getting the right approvals in place. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I think what's what's pretty important here is uh, both understanding we have a spot that we can get back to something working if an incident was to happen, so we have that backup. And as well, if someone says, you know, you think about that, oh, it, you know, used to work yesterday, but it's broken now, and I want to start to answer that what's changed. I want to have that visibility into what's changed. So having that change log uh, to go along with it is definitely important. And, and you talked about the increasing rapidity, uh, if that's even a word, rapid <laughs> nature. Maybe I'll go with that. Sure. The increasing rapid nature of change. Um, what are some of the things driving that? You know, you kind of talked about SaaS solutions. I'm assuming public cloud has something to do with that. But potentially is something you talked on about earlier on, these, this kind of growth of workforce distribution. So more and more home networks, more and more internet connections we're dealing with. But I mean, what, what, what's your, what was your discovery? What's your, your takeaway of what's driving that, that rapid change? You know, I, I think a big portion of it is uh, a lot of security changes that come into place. So we talk about uh, how often you know new vulnerabilities are are identified, how often firmware updates are are, are uh, being released. And so I think one is that we're embracing these changes a little bit quicker, understanding that there is a need to move with on these things with some speed. Uh, and so again, that's a good thing. When it comes to uh, things like access requests, uh, ultimately. The I think the, the shadow IT uh, sort of movement has a little bit of something to do with that, right? People finding new applications, finding new solutions to solve their problems, and just wanting it to work. So that's you know enforcing uh, IT to sort of embrace some of that change to and and to make changes to their policies to their you know allowed applications. Uh, I, and I don't think any of this is bad, right? Again, it's just it, it's it's what's happening around us, and you know we as the enablers of the business need to just embrace those changes and, and figure out how to um, make our lives easier in this current state. And I think that's a great point that you make actually there that that business is demanding that kind of rapid change agility is a, the, the phrase that the marketeers like to use, isn't it? Um, but you know everybody likes a bit of agility. Um, sure. But you know, and, and I, but I think that is that is key. I think businesses and, and again the last kind of you know ten twelve months have shown us that that businesses need to be able to respond to change. You know, and have had had to respond to change like no other, I guess, since kind of March last year, March twenty twenty. Um, but did you, um, and like you say, I think we, we need to, as, as IT pros inside of an enterprise, inside of an organization, we have to be the ones who embrace that because we're there to support a business and, and deliver its outcomes. Um, and, and so, you know, are, are you finding, are you finding that that's changing the way that IT is starting to approach 
the network and and actually maybe as a supplementary question to that as well is the network almost the last thing people have thought about one of the shows we did last year we talked about some of this kind of idea of automation in terms of automation storage in terms of automation of applications and and workflows but actually nobody's really thought about how do i make the network keep up you know is that is that something that you're seeing as a, as a bit of a change and is that something that the it pro is starting to now look at increasingly and, and change the way that they work during their week i guess yeah, so uh, if we start to dive into that, I, I think that um, defining sort of that network as the utility that sort of is always up and always available, we, there's a lot of assumptions that are made as we go about planning other activities. So as we go to plan you know, uh, the rollout of new applications, as we go to uh, to plan new business enablement projects, um, we're assuming that that utility as the network is sort of still up and, and, up and running and, and performing as expected. Um, I don't know, I, I, I think a lot of it, you know, we don't really think about the network until it becomes a problem, right? It's similar to a lot of things in IT. If, if it works, don't break it. Um, and, you know, I think there are times that um, are, whether it's, um, you know, we forget to think about the network or we intentionally avoid thinking about the network, you know, we, we don't necessarily make changes until we're forced to. So we look at, you know, capacity as an example. Um, are we doing effective capacity planning? And do we have the data to say, well, what, you know, what's the forecast, you know, 6, 12, 18 months from now? And can we accurately state that, right? Do we know where all the other, you know, business requirements that are going to be coming down uh, that are, are going to be using the network over that time? Um, so it's, I would say it's an iterative process. Um, but as with most things in IT, we, we tend to not um, fix it unless it's broken. And obviously that uh, is something that we'll need to change. Um, you know, having said that, you mentioned the uh, IT Pros Work Week, and that did actually uh, lean into one of the interesting findings from the report, and that was sort of how the typical work week for an IT professional has evolved over the past few years. Um, so if we dive into that a little bit, uh, what we identified is uh, back in 2015, a significant portion of the IT community was working you know, 60, 70 plus hours a week. Uh, this time around in 2021, we found that the number of uh, IT professionals working sort of the average work week, sort of that 30 to, to 50 hours, probably, you know, on average 40 right there in the middle, was uh, a lot closer to what we would expect, where we, we have uh, a lot of IT professionals that are working, um, I think it was something like uh, 60 to 70% of IT professionals that were working that 30 to 50 hour work week. And, and I think this is in large part due to a shift to a proactive management. Um, so although we talk a little bit about how we don't fix it till it, it's broken, um, you know, I, I think we, we have started to, to take that lesson to heart and that we have seen some of the reduced work weeks as a result of that. So there are some good good news stories here. Yeah, and that, that proactive, because um, that's a really interesting finding, I think, you know, because I think a lot of us would look at um, the, the poor stretched IT admin and IT pro and think actually we're we're more stretched, we're doing more work, you know, we're, we're, we're being asked to do more with less all of the time. Um, but it's interesting that your report doesn't necessarily support that, um, or certainly not within the context of networking. Right. And you talked about that, because one of the things we talked about at the beginning was this kind of idea that people maybe didn't know as much about their network as they thought they did. Um, but actually, that that proactive piece that you, you're talking about, you know, what how how are you seeing those two things tied together? You know, are are what we're seeing though? So while not everybody knows as much about their network, you know, a little bit of ignorance in, and is keeping them happy. Are we seeing that actually there is a shift towards people? because of all the things that we've talked about, but is there really a shift towards people actually wanting to understand more and then wanting, as you said, to be more proactive in the way that they deal with some of these IT problems? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think 
if we if we sort of sit back and, and think about it for a second, um, most of the time when we get ourselves into a reactive firefighting situation, uh, we sort of start to think, how did I get here? Why am I here? How can I prevent myself from getting in the spot in the future? What can I do next time to sort of um, help myself be more proactive, to avoid this um, negative end user experience? Uh, because ultimately it's impacting you know, my personal life, my quality of life by being interrupted at, you know, the end of the day or on the weekend. And so I, I think that there has been a bit of a sort of a, by the IT community embracing this idea that I don't want to be the guy working 70 hours a week. I want to have a normal life as well. Uh, and so what are the things that I can do to help support that? And it's, you know, making sure that I have visibility uh, to identify problems before they happen, as well as visibility into um, sort of what's going on when an issue is reported so that when something does happen, I can react and resolve that quicker. So that, you know, it used to be, you know, a four hour call in the evening, I now have the information, I can resolve it in, you know, 10 minutes or 30 minutes, you know, I'm not spending the same amount of time in those reactive situations. So uh, allowing us to be a little bit more proactive to prevent issues from happening, but also when we do have to be reactive, um, having more information in front of us allows us to solve those quicker. Uh, and ultimately, I think that's you know net benefit for, uh, for us as IT pros. Yeah, and I think interesting you close out with the phrase net benefit, because while you were talking, that's what I was thinking. You know, it's kind of a, it's a double-edged benefit, isn't it? That one is actually as a human being, it's maybe taking some of the pressure off us and giving us a little bit of our lives back. Um, right. But from the flip side of that, you know, that's not just about the individual, actually from a, a business, from an enterprise point of view, that enterprise is having a more available network, having better IT services delivered because people actually have stepped back, looked at their own situation maybe and said, how do I make my own situation better? Well, actually the way I do that is I make the enterprise situation better. So so I think that's an interesting sure. um, interesting benefit. Um, I wanted to pick up before we kind of run out of time here, I wanted to pick up on something else that was in the report because again, this is a subject close to my heart. You know, a lot of the work I do is around data and information security. So when we talk about networks, one of the areas I'm interested in is network vulnerability. Um, and that was something you picked up on the report. You know, what, what, what were some of the findings you had there? Yeah, so for some of the vulnerabilities sort of came up in that um, lack of documentation, lack of uh, knowledge about the network. Um, a little bit of it came up in that frequency of uh, change. So how often the network was changing versus how often the, the configuration backups were being made. So all those things introduced risk. Uh, I would say that the biggest thing that, that sort of surfaces through this report is that lack of knowledge of the network. And so if I start to think about, um, you know, addressing security vulnerabilities, you know, you, you can't protect what you can't see. And if you don't know what's out there, what you're supposed to be protecting, um, if you're not, you know, confident in the network devices you have and what firmware versions they're running and those type of things, you're going to have a real challenge uh, staying ahead of the curve and making sure that, you know, as new vulnerabilities are identified, that you're able to, you know, accurately say whether it impacts you or not, right? Um, ultimately, you know, there will be issues that impact everyone, but I need to have the visibility to understand how quickly I should react and when I need to react. And so I think that gap in knowledge about the network itself is probably the biggest vulnerability that uh, that we uncovered here. Yeah, that's, and again, you know, feeds in, we, we said at the beginning that we'd probably talk about this kind of lack of information, lack of insight on, on more than one occasion. Uh, you know, and I, th and I think that's a, you know, again, it, it's a, it's an interesting parallel to the conversations I have around information security and actually the lack sure. of knowledge in the way your data and information is being used 
is a huge vulnerability in itself. You know, it's interesting to see that that kind of reflected in in networks because I think that's probably true across most of the IT stack. You know, like you said, you can't protect, you can't manage, you can't control what you don't what you don't know about. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the, maybe to, to, to kind of to tie a couple of things together here, um, because we, I wanted to explore this idea of. Um, lack of insight, misplaced confidence, actually. I, I wanted to explore this idea of misplaced confidence a little more. Um, but maybe to kind of tie that into something else that may, as a useful takeaway for, for those um, watching or listening to the show. You know, if you're, if you're watching this and, and or listening to the show and wondering, well, okay, so there's some interesting points in there. Perhaps I've already read the network report. Um, you know, the, what are some of the things that they should be considering as IT pros in an enterprise to start to improve kind of their, um, you know, the, the, the posture around their their network, its availability, its security, its manageability? Right. So what we touched on sort of focused around a few themes, and that was sort of uh, lack of visibility, sort of the changing work week of the uh, IT professional. We talked a little bit about automation, right? Automating things where, where we can. And I think these things all start to come together um, where every time that we identify that there is a gap, say in network knowledge and um, that sort of network confidence, or there is a gap between uh, how often we're making configuration changes and how often they're being backed up, uh, we should sort of reflect on the org- into the organization and say, well, how big is this risk? What is sort of the priority around solving this? Uh, and then put together a plan to start to resolve that as it fits into your current risk management framework. So I look at it and say, hey, if, if we have uh, capacity on our team to increase the frequency of backups or to you know, uh, do more frequent manual inventories of the network, great. Um, I would argue most of us probably don't have the time to do that, nor do we want to be doing that, right? That isn't necessarily a, a fun task to, to go out there and manually trace cables or anything. Uh, so we should look to how do we automate some of these things. And that's, I, I think, the, the key theme here is these. Uh, a lot of these blind spots can be addressed by automating repetitive network tasks. So things like configuration management, things like network asset discovery, topology mapping, a lot of those things can be automated. And you should look into your internal tool set to see if those kind of things can be done. Uh, so you can start to close those gaps with very little effort. Um, or if not, you can go to the community to understand what other tool sets uh, can help solve that problem. I think that's. Um, I mean, I think automations are. are you know, it, it, it's a real buzzword in the IT industry. I think, isn't it? You know, we're, we're all talking about automation. You know, and, and and why we should be looking to automate things. But actually, is if if you think about the conversation that we've had, you know, we talked about whether some of the problems, lack of insight, increased complexity, the need to respond quickly to to business demands, business changes. And a lot of those things inherently introduce risk because sometimes we may be rushing. Sometimes we may be trying to hit a deadline. Sometimes maybe it's job number 10 on a list of 50 and we're just kind of not paying that much attention to it. We're actually automating a lot of these things takes away quite a lot of that human factor. Um, so, so I think that's a, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting finding. I mean, is that, is, you know, is, is that, is that kind of an accurate reflection? Is that the way you see it? Yeah, I, I think so. And we, we talk about the automation being spoke about a lot. I, you know, automation can mean a lot of different things to a lot of, you know, different people. And we have this idea that, you know, automation is push a button and everything happens. You know, it's not an overnight kind of change, right? We can make iterative changes to help close those gaps everywhere we see them. So here I'm talking about, you know, automating existing manual tasks you're doing, whereas, you know, we could talk about automation in some other areas where it's actually more um, a future change that's going to happen, right? Here we're going to... 
you know, introduce changes to the network. We're, we're not talking about that kind of automation here. Here's just, it's something that you're already doing. Let's make your life easier. Let's, you know, reduce that risk. Uh, so it's it's an iterative process. There isn't uh, one day where you're just going to turn automation on and, and everything is automated. <laughs> so. What? You mean you can't just press a button and it just automates? Oh, that's so disappointing. The, the um, easy button. Because, you know, we all like an easy button. Yeah, exactly. We all want an easy button. Um, well, look, Steve, we're, we're kind of running to the end of our time here. Um, and, you know, and, and uh, very much appreciate that we've talked very generically about um, uh, kind of the, the report and some of the findings you've had and some of the, the, the tips that the organization, some of the areas people might want to consider and some of the tips they can take away. Um, but I think it's only fair we talk a little bit about kind of Orvic and, and what you guys do. So um, why, why don't you do just that? Yes. So, so here at Avic, we're, uh, we're really focused on improving the tech's ability to sort of do their job efficiently and effectively, right? And so that's um, helping automate some of these manual tasks that we talked about. It's helping uh, techs become more proactive, uh, less reactive. And I mentioned it earlier, but you know, when reactive things happen, because they always will, it's how do we help reduce that mean time to resolution? Help you get, you know to use your backup and running, improve that customer experience and get back to doing it, whatever it is that you want to do, whether that's, you know, um, what the normal work you were doing during the work week or getting back to that family experience over the weekend. Uh, so we're helping uh, our, our customers automate, you know, network topology maps, network discovery, configuration management and performance monitoring to really help give them the visibility they need into the network to help reduce that confidence uh, gap with that network knowledge gap. Well, Steve, I, I, let's, uh, you know, as, as kind of wrap up here then, um, as I always like to do, how, how, so how people can find out more about, um, either can find out more detail uh, from the, uh, the the network report if they've, they've not seen it yet, how they can find out more about um, Orvic and, and maybe if they wish to hunt you down in some way, is there, is there a way they can do that as well? For sure. Um, I'll drop, a, a, I guess, a couple links here. So avic.com slash networkfield21 for the network field report. And I believe that'll sort of appear in the show notes. Uh, if you want to connect with Avic, uh, we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, all those platforms. Just search for Avic Networks. And as well, you can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Well, Steve, that's great, and I think um, it's a really interesting report. And I, I definitely encourage the uh, the the, the uh, tech interviews. Uh, watching public or listening public um, to, to go and check that report out because I think, you know, it, regardless actually of whether you work in the networking elements of your enterprise, I think it's some interesting insight to not just networking, but actually some of the some of the issues we see more broadly uh, across technology. So so it's a fascinating report. And Steve, I, I really appreciate time for, for coming on the show and sharing some of your thoughts on that. So um, Steve, th- thanks for being a guest on Tech Interviews and uh, hopefully have you back on uh, some point in the future. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. And if you've got an idea for a show I'd like to pose guests, then why not email me at podcast at techstringy.com. And to make sure you catch the next episode of Tech Interviews, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe in all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. And of course, you can subscribe to the video version of the show over on YouTube. So until next time, thanks for listening.